The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Hallelujah. Wow, it's hot in this place. I know I said that yesterday, but it's even hotter than it was yesterday. Man, and I'm not talking about the temperature. I'm talking about the presence of God in this place. What a wonderful time of worship, amen, and praise by Minister Gloria. Thank you so much for blessing us so mightily, amen, and setting the stage for what God wants to do through his word this afternoon, amen. How many people are ready for God's word? Okay, we've been talking about taking heed, and we're going to continue in those conversations, or dis- well, not a discussion, but... Um, along the lines of those teachings this afternoon. Um, Yesterday, we talked about um, paying attention to the process and talked a little bit about the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the fact that he is in us. And we have an advantage over those in the whole covenant because they couldn't have in him them. Um, The atmosphere was just not conducive for the Holy Spirit in them. Amen. The Holy Spirit couldn't live in there because, as the Bible lets us know in Ezekiel 36, 26, that um, God said of us that he would give us a heart of flesh. And let us realize that they had a heart of stone, a stony heart that God could not really work with. But we are so privileged that the first thing that God did when we got saved, when we got born again, when we gave our lives to Christ, was make the atmosphere conducive for God to move in. Amen. Someone say, my atmosphere was made conducive for God to move in. So now we have God in us, in the person of the Holy Ghost. And it's something that we ought not to take for granted. And really, it's something that we ought to remind ourselves of constantly and consistently so that we will not take it for granted. There are believers who cry, who wail, who, you know, um, say, oh, me. And they forget that the greatest help that they could ever require is already in them. God is in you. Amen. God is in us. What greater help could we need? Now, God could use people for us. God could use human beings for us. Many times he does. But you know what? The help starts from the Holy Ghost. The help starts from the Holy Spirit saying, go talk to that person or go talk to this person. Or this is the company you ought to keep or pay attention to this relationship. Or else we would become, we could easily become nuisances, amen, when we go talk to people that God has not sent us to. After a while, they'll stop picking up your calls. After a while, they'll stop opening their doors when you come. After a while, they'll start sending their kids to the front door to lie and say, mommy is not at home. Amen. Why? Because we are not saying, is it that God doesn't want um, or doesn't realize that we do need people? And needing people doesn't always have to be money. Needing people could be ideas, could be connections. Amen. It could be somebody linking you to somebody else. We all need people, but our help does not start with people. Our help starts from the inside, from the Holy Ghost on our inside. Then it will lead us into the right situations that will, lead, that will connect us to the right people. Now, the Bible says, um, so today I'm going to be talking about paying attention to the Holy Spirit and the work he is doing in you. In John chapter 14, verse 17, um, John 14, 17, it says, the spirit of truth, well, starting to read from verse 15, it says, if you love me, keep my commandment, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus was promising the disciples here that a time would come that the helper who was exactly like him, God like him, would come and live in them. Up until that time, he had been with them. Up until that time, he may have been around them. Up until that time, he had been for them. 
Up until that time, the Holy Spirit we even see in the um, Old Testament could come on people. But there's something that's peculiar to this dispensation. It's the fact that the Holy Spirit is in us. Amen. Some say the Holy Spirit is in me. The Bible says in the book of 1 John chapter 2, and I'll read verse 20, and then I'll read verse 27. He says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. So the Holy Spirit teaches us all things. The Bible says, the first one we read, John 14, 17, there, that he will teach us. And this lets us know as well that as a result of the anointing um, from the Holy One, you know all things. Why? Because the Holy One teaches us and reveals to us all things. In verse 27, he says, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and it's not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. We see here again that the Holy Spirit teaches us. Now we ought to really understand what's going on here. The Bible says that you don't need anyone to teach you. Now, it doesn't mean we don't need teachers. It doesn't mean we don't need people to expand on God's word just as I'm doing right now. But the reality of the fact is there's a lot of information that's going, that always goes out from the pulpit because the message is a blanket message. It's supposed to be baseline, something that baselinely applies to everybody. But then the Holy Spirit now takes that same message like a material, like a tailor fashion, or you know, somebody who's in the fashion industry will take a six-yard material and then begin to tailor it to your size. Amen? I mean, if the person took that material and just did a one-size-fits-all. Well, depending on, some, on the style, there are some styles that are one-size styles that it will fit most people. But let's say the, tail, the tailor takes that material and then makes a custom-fitted um, dress and expects everybody to wear it. For some people, it will be too small. For some people, it will be too big. Why? Because you need to take that material and customize it for, the, for your clients. That's the same thing the Holy Spirit does in a message like this. That's why we need teachers, amen? But then, uh, on top of what the teacher does, we need the Holy Spirit in us to say, okay, this is how it applies to your marriage. Oh, this is how it applies to your children. Oh, this is how it applies to your business. This is how it applies to your ministry. Because I don't know you, amen? In fact, you don't want me to know you too much and use you to preach. Then it gets embarrassing, right? If I'm going to prescribe a solution to you, I should do it one-on-one. -on -one. I should not because I want to reach you. Maybe I happen to know that you are shacking up, living with somebody that you, don't, you are not married to. I should not use the pulpit to hit you. Amen? Preach to everybody. Design a message around you just because I want to get to you. Amen? <laughs> now I may use examples that hit too close to home, you know? I may use examples like, like, ah, she's using me to preach. But I, as a preacher, and by the Holy Ghost, that may happen because maybe you are just too extra naughty and you are not listening. And the Holy Spirit will just inspire the preacher um, to just use something that hits so close to home that you think you are the one being used to preach. But I, as a preacher, should not design my message to attack one person in the sermon, uh, in the service, amen? No, I let the Holy Spirit to do that, not attack, amen? The Holy Spirit doesn't attack, he teaches. <laughs> so he doesn't condemn, he doesn't, he teaches, okay? Sometimes he teaches in a hard way, he gives you tough love sometimes, amen? But he's still taking a general message and cutting it to size for you. Okay, so that's the balance between, oh, I don't need anybody to teach me. After all, I have, I have the Holy Ghost in me. Or I, I get so confused because the message is so broad and I don't know how it applies to my life. So that's the balance. The message might be broad, but the Holy Spirit now takes it. Because sometimes you hear someone come and say, oh, two years ago you preached this message and this was what you said. I'm like... Are you sure? <laughs> to me, as a prayer, I'm like, did I really say that? But what's happening is you are taking a combination of what I said with what the Holy Spirit is saying, and it's coming together to make a message that's practical to you. You see the balance? Okay, we don't run off. As after all, the Holy Spirit said, I don't need a teacher, blah, blah, blah. I'm a t I don't need to go to church. I'm a teacher by myself. I mean, I have a teacher in me, blah. And then, you know, the balance between that and then not paying attention to the Holy Ghost. Okay. 
So there's a part of the Holy Spirit teaching you, but then there's also the part of the Holy Spirit doing something in you. Amen. So we have the auction, he shows us, he teaches us, and there's a part of the working of the Holy Spirit in you. And that's kind of where I'm going to land today. We'll kind of go around a little bit and then we'll land there. Um, let's go to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. We're talking about taking heed and certain things we ought to take heed to. Proverbs 4, 23. It says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Now at the women's conference in Chicago, we really uh, kind of pitched a tent around this topic, the issue of guarding your heart, which is also, um, it also falls under paying attention. In fact, above all, all else, I think the Amplified says, above all else, you guard. In other words, if we're talking about paying attention, paying attention to also many different things concerning us, about us, it's really, and we know that guarding also means paying attention. You can't guard without paying attention. Okay, you put a gate man in charge of a house and he's all over the place and he's not paying attention. That guy is not guarding. He just has the word guard. You think you have a guard over your house, but what you have is somebody who's just getting, who's just living rent free in front of your house. Amen. If he's not paying attention to that duty. Okay, so the word God is paying attention. And the Bible says to pay attention to your heart. It says above else, everything else that you pay attention to, for out of it flow the issues of life. So someone says, what are the issues of life? We'll get there in a moment. But the issues of life, I'll just summarize by saying the issues of life are great things in your heart that are meant to give you a wonderful life, the overcoming life, give you the peaceful life or the kind of life that God wants you to have. Okay? So I have um, some, something here to do, uh, an illustration to illustrate my sermon. Amen? Okay. So I have a glass cup. M&M's, amen? All right. I was thinking, what will I use? I was looking for, and said, well, I have M&M's. I'm just going to use them. So let's say this is your, I'm getting somewhere here. And then you'll see my point in a few moments. Okay. I don't want to see it. Pastor B is like, no, 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 don't be bourgeois. Don't be <laughs> Don't, don't do it that way. Don't bring out your teeth. Well, I already did. Amen. All right, let's say the white cup, the glass cup was your heart. And now the Bible says there are things in your heart called issues of life. Nice little things, right? Pretty things, right? Pretty, pretty things. We'll find out some of what those pretty things are. But they are nice and pretty and you need them. All right, so. Now I find out that, and I'm going to give the rest of the M&Ms to Pastor Bola because I know she loves chocolates. Amen. <laughs> Glory be to God. If you are nice to her, she'll give you some of it. If she hasn't finished it before the end of service, you cannot eat it during service. Amen. Glory be to God. So this, uh, this is your heart, and really, ideally, this is how your heart ought to be. You know, pretty things, wonderful things. We'll get to what those wonderful things represent in a few moments. Um, but we'll find out that as a result of life happening, there are certain things that happen to our hearts. Amen? Okay. So let's say um, you grew up and you grew up in an atmosphere that wasn't so lovely. Um, you were criticized, abused, never encouraged, and, uh, you know, people pointed out your faults, never celebrated you. So over time, a certain sense of self, low self-esteem finds its way there in that heart. Amen. Not your fault. Life happened to you. Right? All right. Okay, so now you are married and your husband is just so annoying. In fact, he annoyed you on Friday. Amen? He came back home and did that thing you have talked about so many times, yet again. So there's anger brooding in there. Um, you have a friend that you went to school with. You've not seen one another in a long time. 
And this happens to be a challenging period in your life. Maybe financially things are low. You are thinking about your life and why it is this way, you know. Why have I not made progress? And then you bump into this friend at the market, right? You are both buying meat. And the friend says, oh, wow, where do you live? Maybe you are even squatting with somebody. And the friend says, did you bring a car? Can I give you a ride? You are like, yeah, um, give me a ride. So she takes you and you find out she has, oh, wow, a very... Um, fancy-looking car. What car should we call it? A, a BMW. Oh, something comes up. It looks green. It's looking green. And then she says, can we stop by our, my house on the way to taking you to your place? And you're like, sure. And you're already fearing that that house will be pretty, right? Something inside of you, that, ah, that house might just be so pretty, I won't be able to handle it. And you pull up the house, and it's as beautiful as you were afraid it would be. Envy goes in there. Amen. Let's sit with this envy a little bit more. You come to church. The first thing you see are those nice pairs of shoe, pair of shoes that you saw on the internet the other day. And then you saw it on somebody. And uh, before you caught yourself, it went in. Let's talk about that sister that's just so annoying. Amen. She gets on your last, last nerve. Amen. In fact, you've almost left church because of her. Amen. You just can't stand her. Why? You just even, you don't even know. You don't even know the incidents that happened that caused it to be there. But hey, there you go. What else? What else do we deal with? Amen. Uh, what else? Tell me something. Oh, something nice happened. Amen. You got a promotion. You know, work is going well. Now you feel like those people you are rolling with, they are really not up to you again. In fact, I need to, a change of environment. Man, I'm right there. All these people. What do we call that pride? Finds its way in. Um, life's disappointments. Amen. You think about your life ever so often, and then you get disappointed. And then we try to encourage you, and then you get disappointed again. So disappointment finds its way there. Amen. What else? There's the other things. I need more paper. This heart really needs to get stuffed to show how sometimes we are so clogged up. I've turned up all, I thought my program. Now I'm tearing up Pastor Nida's program. Sure, you know what it says. Eh? You know what we are supposed to do after this. Okay, very good. So let's just say the unmentionable things I can't even think about now. Okay, all we know is that these things come and just go, oh, envy goes in there, jealousy goes in there, anger goes in there, lack of self-control goes in there. Um, you know, we talked about self-esteem, you know, from family, self-esteem from work, self-esteem because you failed jump so many times, uh, even though it was 20 years ago, it's still in there somewhere. <laughs> So, oftentimes, before we even start guarding, amen, <laughs> many times we need to declutter first. Amen, because, I mean, really, the issues of life, things that are in your spirit, that are in there, because now people are defining you as an angry woman. And you've come to define yourself as an angry woman. That's how you see yourself, that's how you see you. When really what the Bible says about you is down there somewhere. It's down there, but you can't reach it, right? Because anger is what's up here. Amen? You even define yourself as a jealous. I just can't be happy for people. I'm just jealous. That's just me. You may not say to people, but you just know I'm just jealous. I'm just jealous. That's just me. That's just me. So we end up defining ourselves by these things here. So before we even begin to guard... I find out we need to, first of all, pay attention to the process of decluttering. And sometimes it takes time, you know. Um, the guest, our guest minister in Chicago and in London, and she did want to be here. It's just that she had made a proud commitment and she wanted to keep to her word. I didn't tell her on time, um, so she couldn't be here. Some of the things she talked about were all those things that came as a result of the kind of childhood she had. 
you know, I won't go into the story. You can stories. <laughs> you can go listen to the messages online. But you know, the fact that over a period of time, through the course of our life, God has just helped us to take these issues one by one and deal with them. It can be painful. It can be painstaking. It can be uncomfortable. You know, there was something, and I shared this, I won't go into details, there was something that um, happened to me at the beginning of the year that God used to show me that there's, there's a paper called pride in there, you know. Take it out and let's deal with it. In fact, I am getting, I've not arrived. I mean, I'm better than I was. But getting to a point that Sometimes I'll just sit with God and say, whatever's in there, not out of condemnation, because you know that the Holy Spirit helps you through these things. Whatever is in there that may be uh, affecting any issue of light that should be flowing out, affecting it and keeping it from coming out, cluttering my heart, Lord, Let's just sit down and work with it, first of all, to identify it. And sometimes it's like opening a fortune cookie. You know what a fortune cookie is? Those Chinese fortune cookies. You don't know what you'll get. <laughs> so that God will, you open, you open, you pull it, and you see. Me, pride. It's a lie. God, it's a lie. You know, and that's what happens sometimes when we're in relationship with people, and you think the person needs the problem. And then God tells you, you are the one who is not patient. And you are like, ah, no, 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 no. Lord, it's a lie. They are the ones who are very annoying. Joyce Myers used to say that she would pray for her husband, intercede for him. Lord, change Dave. Lord, change Dave. <laughs> and then one day, Dave, Dave, that's the husband's name. One day the Lord tapped and said, Joyce, <clears throat> Dave is not the problem. And she's like, ah, it's only the two of us. If it's not the problem, then no, definitely not me. Amen? <laughs> and then the Lord started to show our things. Amen? And really, until God starts to show us things, sometimes we don't grow spiritually. Because we try to put more nice stuff on top of this thing, you know, like put on the niceness from the top, rather than deal with these things. Amen? Hallelujah. Deal with them. No matter what it is that God opens up, your issue is covetousness. That's why you are in debt. You see something on somebody else, you like it so much, and you have to get yours. And then, if it takes you borrowing money to get it, then you do what it takes to get it, and you are in debt. Because following week, you see something else you like. So you open it up, and you think your problem is debt freedom, right? That's what you think. Lord, I just need freedom from debt. Just, Lord, I just need... And you open it, and covetous this. Lord, not me. In the name of Jesus, I bind the devil. God searches us. He's able to, if we open ourselves to him... And he's able to point out things that we can walk on, or by the help of the Holy Spirit, walk on, right? So that process by process, season by season, little by little, all these things come out. And then we can have clear and free access to the issues of life. So now the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, out of it flows the issues of life. Now, we can really start paying attention because the enemy is not going to leave you free and clear like that. It's always trying to, going to be trying to introduce things to your heart. So, maybe you are there, you are having a wonderful time. You've just gone through an op a season of God operating on you. How many people have been through those seasons before where you just feel God is walking? It's painful sometimes, but God is working. God is working. God is working. And finally, you feel like you have a breakthrough. God has worked something. And you're happy and everything, you know. But the enemy is always going to be trying to put something in there. Guarding is kind of 
I'm putting my hand over this and saying that I'm going to keep my heart and I'm not going to let things just come in any, anyhow. For example, the news and the terrible things that happened this week, okay, it's an opportunity for the devil to throw fear in there and anxiety and a sense of lack of safety. Amen? So the devil, one way or the other, is always trying to put something in there. And the Bible says pay attention to what's going on. On your heart. So I want to do a demonstration. Will somebody volunteer to help me? Amen. Somebody, okay, Pastor Bola, you can um, volunteer to help me. Okay, come up so everybody can see you. So here you have Pastor Bola is there guarding our heart. Guarding your heart. Guard your heart. You are, you are the person. That's how you are going to guard your like this. Like this. <laughs> okay. All right. So, she's guarding her heart. I'm not the devil, right? But somebody got the devil. It's trying to, f it's trying to look for every way. So, you get home and your kids, um, they did something you weren't expecting, right? So, you want to explode. That whole spirit of anger is trying to come back in little by little. You feel the pressure. But then what do you do? I like how she's guarding it. Amen. I can't even get in. Hallelujah. No, you want me to get in? No, no, no. Should I get in? Will you let me get in? <laughs> okay, thank you. Amen. Or, you see, uh, you went to visit somebody's house, you know. You've been praying for a car. It seems like God is not answering. It's been six months. And you go visit their house, and they, there's a brand new car parked in front of that house. And it's somebody, and you know what? Jealousy works more with people that you think you should be on the same level with. For example, if I go to, give me, Oprah Winfrey's house, I won't be jealous of anything because I know we are not on the same level in any way. I'm not going to sit on whatever a couch looks like, even if it's gold, and say, ah, God, I'm jealous. I'll be like, wow, wow, amazing. Wow, see money. But if it's somebody we grew up together, went to the same school, went to the same, you know, started off on the same job, then I start to feel like, ah, we should be on the same level. And then, maybe I've not seen them for a while. And then I see them, or maybe I see them every day. It's because we feel like we, we've sized people up and we know their extent. So when they pull something surprising... It's like, ah, what do they have that I don't have? What is it? Jealousy comes in when people surprise us. Amen. I didn't expect, ah, don't we have the same challenges? Don't we have the same background? Don't we? How come they have a car and I don't have a car? So you went to their house. You were even going there to share sub stories about how you both don't have cars. That was going to be the gist for the day. And then you get there. No, somebody must be visiting. And then you go inside and she say, Ha, ah, did you see that car outside? Hmm, oh, God is so good. Come, 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 come and enter. So the jealousy. How many people have ever felt the pressure of jealousy before? It's pressing. Let me get in there. Let me get in there. Amen. Life tries, the devil tries over time to get stuff in there. That's what the Bible says, guard. Above all that you guard, even more than the way you padlock your house at night, amen. The way some people can, yeah. You know, think about it, the way you, you are not careless with your house or, or you, with your password to your online account. You are not careless with it. Bible says, above all other things that you pay attention to or you guard, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. Amen. Please put your hands together for Pastor Bola. Amen. Glory be to God. Glory be to Jesus. All right. So you got that, okay? The forces of life flow out of your heart. You know, I showed you the process by which the devil tries to clutter the heart in the first place. 
and then kind of talked about the process by which the heart is decluttered. Now, the work of the Holy Spirit in a decluttered heart. So, well, there's first of all the work of the Holy Spirit in helping us to declutter, to declutter our hearts. And um, it's, as I said, it could be uh, an uncomfortable process, you know. When the, when the Holy Spirit tells you uh, the other person is not the problem, and even if they are, you can't change them, but you can change yourself. Amen? When the Lord tells you this and this and such and such is in there, and thank God, um, God is very faithful. I'm very happy we don't wear our minds on our foreheads. Amen? So, hey, whatever God may be dealing with me about, you don't have to know. I just put on a nice coat, a good makeup, and you may think that, oh, Pastor May is not dealing with anything. Oh, Pastor Yida is not dealing with anything. I thank God for that privacy that the Holy Spirit affords us. That I'm not coming to church and there's a big flag on my head. This lady is dealing with envy, or this lady is dealing with anger. She's nice to everybody in church, but you should see her and her husband. Hey! <laughs> Be like, is that sister so-and-so who sings in the choir like an angel? I'm glad we don't wear it on our heads. I mean, some of us, hey, sisters, some of us need attitude control. Amen? Because for some of us, we do wear it. It's like everybody knows. <laughs> Everybody just knows. That lady, she's a tiger. And then we say, no, it's my nature. I'm choleric. I'm choleric. <laughs> Your choleric nature is supposed to be for good things. Amen? Let me tell you something about the temperaments. They are great. But in maturing in our Christian work, what the Holy Spirit tries to walk in to do is bring out the positive aspects of our nature, natural self, and help us with the weak parts. Because those weak parts, if we go look in the works of the flesh, we'll see a lot of them there. First, somebody, someone may say I'm phlegmatic. Well, that's why I don't, you know, I don't take things serious. I don't think I'm phlegmatic. Uh, I don't know. Some people call me lazy, but it's because they don't understand me. I'm phlegmatic. Oh, um, um, yeah, is it my fault that I can't keep secrets? Is it my fault? I just like to gist. I mean, after when I'm done gist, everybody laughs. Everybody's happy. I make people happy. At the expense of other people. Amen. I mean, is it a bad thing to be the life of the party? No, we all need the life of the party. We need somebody, for example, my husband is the life of the party at home. When he travels, everywhere is quiet. Pastor Dotu comes to the house and says, yes, Reverend is not home. <laughs> Amen. It's uh, funny enough, my kids talk too. They all talk, but he, he stirs up the atmosphere for everybody to be lively and jovial. When you travel, everybody go back serious. We're all serious. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not good to be serious, serious all the time. We need to laugh, we need to joke. We need, you know, I, I thought my kids, actually one of them would take after me in being, you know, quiet and... I thought, in fact, I thought my daughter was, hey, until she found out, I'm sorry, she said I shouldn't preach about her, but hey, any member of my family is collateral damage, hey, tell me, am I forgiving? Hallelujah, I love you so much. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't preach about you, but it's a good thing. I thought she was quiet. One day I walked into my house and I was feeling stressed. I remember where I was exactly. I was opening the fridge. I'm like, why am I feeling stressed? And then it dawned on me. Three different people were trying to tell me three different things all at the same time. One person was saying, baby, baby, you know what happened today? Another one was saying, mommy, 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 do you know what happened today? Another one was saying, mommy, I said, everybody, please wait. Even if I had three years, I have just one brain to process it all. You are stressing me out. But it's a good thing to have a lively atmosphere, you know? So 
every temperament has the great part. Without some cholerics, we will never get anything done. Or we'll start getting things done and we'll be all over the place. We won't be focused. Without um, some melancholy... Okay, yeah. Without some melancholy personalities, we won't be deep enough. We'll be so superficial. But someone says I'm melancholy, that's why I'm always depressed. I walk into a room and I suck all the life out of it. Because all people have to do is look at my face. And they're like, why am I happy? It must be that I'm not thinking about my life enough. Why am I happy again? <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. All right. The Bible says, let's read from the book of Galatians chapter 22. And I'm going to read it in um, four different translations. So, you know, I said I was going to show you what those issues of life are. These issues of life are actually what give your new created human spirit, newly created human spirit, uh, its nature, its character. And there are things we call the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit. The Bible says in the book of Galatians 5, 22 to 23, it says... But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. The Amplified says, But the fruit of the Spirit the result of his presence within us. Now, how is it the result of the presence within us? It's a result of the presence within us because there are things the Holy Spirit is working in us. Now, when we are born again, we are born with the fruit of the Spirit. But there's a consistent and constant work of the Holy Spirit to make sure that these things come out and also to make sure like natural fruits, they are flourishing and blossoming. Amen? All right. So, the result of his presence within us. He said that fruit is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, which is not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Now, the Passion Translation, I like the way the Passion Translation puts it. It puts it very clearly. It says, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. So, from the Passion Translation, we see that the, all the other things that we tend to call fruits of the Spirit are actually expressions of one fruit, which is the divine love. Divine love is the main fruit, and all these other expressions, all these other things are expressions of divine love. It says, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. And then it says, never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. You see why the Bible says that there are issues and forces of life. A force has the ability to make things happen and push things out of the way. Someone says, how can something like as gentle as gentleness be a force. Yeah, ma'am? All right, we'll get to that in a moment. But what happens in, in the message translation, it says, but what happens when we live God's way? It brings gifts into our lives much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. 
things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitment, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Now let me talk, let me, let me sit with this a little bit. And I said, um, sometimes when we had all those things, all those pieces of paper on top of this, sometimes we define ourselves by the things that have come to clutter our lives, that are contrary to what God says is there. So someone says, oh, I don't, I don't know, I'm just not a joyful person. I don't know, maybe it's what I've been through in life. Yes, it's what you've been through in life. But what has happened with what you've been through in life is that the things you have been through in life have come to clutter up that heart so much that you can't reach the joy. It's in there, but you can't reach it. You have to go through all these things. Imagine those sheets of paper in here. You have to reach through all these things. You can't bring it out. In fact, when we try to top you off in church, how do we top you off? Everybody now laugh in the spirit. Ha, 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 ha. We laugh in the spirit. And then you go home and you are your depressed self again. And your husband is wondering, why is she laughing and rolling on the floor? <laughs> it's because we are topping off on top of clutter. Amen? That we often need to go and deal with, not in our own selves, but by the help of the Holy Spirit. So says, I can't love others. Yes, you can. Amen? Unless the Bible is lying. Or unless you don't have the Holy Ghost. Which you do. In fact, every born again Christian has the Holy Ghost to a measure. Because it was the Holy Ghost that did the work of recreation. And then when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, then you go to a whole new level in the Holy Ghost. Amen? So, unless the Bible is lying, which I choose to believe the Bible, amen? In fact, I advise you that when the Bible says one thing and your circumstances and feelings say something else, that you choose the Bible and then say, Holy Spirit, show me why it isn't so in my life. So it says there's joy in there. There's peace. It says my mind is always troubled. Now, turmoil can be going on out there. But you can have peace in here. You can have a peace that's not, your mind is not running elter-skelter. You know, some people, I, I mean, Mental health, the issue of mental health, is now a big deal. It's a big deal in the United States of America where I live. Two very popular celebrities killed themselves in the space of one week. For one of them, it actually hit very close to home. That's Kate Spade. Kate Spade, how many people heard about it? Okay, if you didn't, I will. I will talk about it a little bit. Kate Spade, she's a fashion designer. She designed, although she sold her company about 12 years ago, but it's still called Kate Spade. She, she designs clothes, she designs shoes, she designs everything. It seems she had everything. But what, who knows what was not paid attention to? Up until the point where somebody like that kills herself. It's like, why? Is it money you don't have? You know, is it status you don't have? Some of the things that some of us feel like, if I can only get there, all my problems will be solved. It means that no matter what level you are at, no matter what money you have, if you don't take heed and pay attention, then none of these things solve all life's problems. Hey, Kate Spade, I know a brother, actually. When I had a business... He was my neighbor. Our maiden name is Brosnahan. Her Brosnahan, that's my neighbor. So I sent an email to our landlord and said, how is he doing? I'm very sorry about the news. And he said it's devastating news because he still went to New York to have dinner with her last week. And he didn't know, you know. And then another guy, Anthony Bourdain, killed himself two days after. So there was this big thing about mental health, you know, 
troubled mind, a mind that cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel, a mind that just sees life in a dark, it's like there's a depression over, over the life. There's just a dark cloud. No, but the Bible says you can have peace. Peace is an expression of the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? So if you are here today and you find out that your mind is always racing a mile a minute, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, is in there. Let's let the Holy Spirit work out all the gunk. It doesn't mean all your life's problems will be solved and then you have peace. So the Holy Spirit, go sort out all the life's problems. Then, ah, of course, I'll have peace. Amen? If, for example, your children, the issues concerning your children is what's always on your mind, always keeping you in trouble. Holy Spirit, yes, let my children be perfect and then I'll have peace. No, 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 no. It doesn't start that way. What the Holy Spirit does is internal because children, once they come into your life, they say they never leave. So it's two-year-old child you are worrying about that won't give you peace. You go through that phase, they become 10. Something new is going to come up. They become teenagers. New stuff will come up. Someone says, oh yeah, one day they'll graduate and get married and I'll stop worrying. I remember when my husband and I first got married and we were waiting, waited, we decided we'd wait two years before having kids. And then when we decided, yes, we are ready, the kids said, well, wait two more years. Amen. So it took four years. I remember those two years. After a while, I'd get, we'd get a call. Uh, is there a prayer point? <laughs> I kind of dance around the issue for the first few months. Uh, is there anything we ought to be praying about? <laughs> After a while, my dad said, people are already calling me grandpa in my church. And I don't tell them no because they don't see you. They don't know if I have a grandchild or not. But when will you make it a reality? I remember my husband was telling me a man of God the other time his, his daughter had just gotten married right maybe three months or four months <laughs> and then he was having a meeting a crusade and he made a call for barren women <laughs> barren women and he sees his wife making her way to the altar uh-uh. So I don't know, maybe he asked that then or he asked that at home. He said, ah, barring woman, what he said, hey, I'm standing in the gap for so-so. And so, ah, when did she marry? A barring woman. <laughs> so we feel like when they are grown, we'll stop, we'll stop. When they are grown, then I'll stop worrying. The temptation to worry will always be there. It will always be there. Amen? So the Bible shows us that this issues of life that flow, that are meant to flow out of our spirit, that we ought to guard, are these things. And there will always be temptation to allow things to come in that keep those things from flowing out. You know, some of these things are said, let's look at what the message translation says. It says, like, affection for others exuberance about life, man. Meaning, if you are given to an extroverted personality, if that's what personality you have, or not, or more introverted, then you can still have an exuberance about life. You can still be joyful about life. It's not a personality type. It's a fruit of the spirit. You know, there was a time I was getting carried away about goals, 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 and dreams, 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 and things I had not achieved that I still wanted to achieve. And it was affecting my joy and my exuberance about life because at every getting point, it's like I'm not there, and blah, blah, blah. And then you begin to see the negative things about your life. And you don't see the positive things because you are not there yet. And the Lord told me that, what about the basic joy of salvation? What about the joy that right now you are saved? That was a basic 
joy, or salvation. It's what every believer ought to have. It says, we develop one of the things the message translation says. We develop a willingness to stick with things. Someone says, I'm not, I just give up on things. That's also called patience. A willingness to stick with things. You've tried 10 different things in the space of five months. Not because any one of them could not have worked if you stuck with it, but you are so impatient. Let it quickly work or else. And then you feel like, oh, well, I wish I was gifted like that other person who can just stick with something for 10 years. It's not that one person is gifted with this and the other isn't. It's just that maybe somebody has taken the time to let the Holy Spirit work out that issue of life in them. You know, just this ability to stick with things could mean the difference between poverty and financial breakthrough. That's how powerful it can be. It could be the difference between a marriage or a relationship that works and one that doesn't. People give up on relationships. They give up on marriages. They give up on uh, situations, on opportunities, because things don't work out so quickly. I'm so glad that what it takes to stick with something, it's not something I put on from the outside. Amen? It's something that flows from the inside. You know, I was reading recently um, one of a very good book. It's, a, it's an oldie but a goodie. It was written a long time ago, but it's still so relevant. And one of the things that prompted me to read it was I was online one day and somebody recommended it. It was one of their top five books and they are going to read it again. And I'm like, wow, okay, let me go read it once. I'd never read it before, even though it's a popular book. It's a book on how to influence people and win friends by Dale Carnegie. And, you know, as I was reading all the points he had in that book, you know what I realized they can be summarized as? The expressions of the fruit of the Spirit about paying attention to other people, listening to what they have to say, apologizing for your mistakes, owning up that you are the first person wrong. Those are expressions of the fruit of the Spirit. And when I read that book, I said, well, thank God this isn't something I have to go and put on. It's not something, I'm telling, and he would, when he wrote that book, to help people in business. And then he would give example after example of how somebody went from not making sales to making sales. Just by expressing what we can know with spiritual intelligence, not to be fruit of the spirit. Amen. But we treat it like the fruit, you know, fruit, very mild. Mr. Nice Christa, is that what I want to eat? If the Bible calls them forces or issues, that means they are powerful. And he took, I don't even know if Tail Carnegie is a believer or not. He took an, um, a believer, a number of somebody who is not a preacher, to take these things and observe them to be things that work in business and then teach them back to us how we celebrate it. Which they should be celebrated because they are powerful tools. Or now you can win in any relationship. But then when you go in careful study, I'm like, which of these things? Not to be like, the book is great. It's a great, great example. Which of all these things cannot be found in the fruit of the Spirit? To show you how powerful these are, these fruits of the Spirit, these expressions of the fruit of the Spirit are in winning in life. Because winning in life sometimes comes, starts with winning with people. Winning in relationships. There was something that I learned. Um, um, we had a minister's conference. Um, Reverend George had a minister's conference in Chicago. And we hosted it. And there was something that stuck with me in that conference. It talked about the way we respond to people. But what, of course, I know the way we respond to people is important. You know, but... There was something he brought up that if your first response was wrong, you can always find a way to re-respond. Have you ever before thought about an encounter with somebody or a relationship, something you said that you know was just wrong? 
Man, it was just wrong. But you know, in expressing the fruit of the humility, you know, in calming down, in being, you know, humble, you can think of a way to respond in a way that fixes that relationship. Your first response does not always have to be your last response. Now you may need to work a little harder the second time to erase first of all what you first did. Amen? Someone came to you to ask for something and you said, in fact, maybe you were just angry that day. Maybe you were just upset. And you looked at the person, sized them up, and told them where to go. And then, oops, you realized that the job you've been looking for for a long time, that person happens to know somebody who knows somebody in that bank. Like, how do I fix this? The expressions of the fruit of the Holy Spirit help us to pay attention to ourselves. Pay attention to the working of the Spirit. You want to respond the, a certain way, and the Holy Spirit gives you a nudge. What he's trying to tell you is that, wait a minute. There's gentleness in there. Bring that gentleness out. When do you need gentleness the most? You need gentleness the most when you've just been tempted to respond in fierceness. That's when you need to dig in there and look for every gentle muscle and say, Lord, you said it's in there. I better find it and bring it out. Amen? When you want to give up, give up on your faith, give up on the process, give up on the dream that God gave you, that's when you need patience the most. You are like, Lord, I'm getting tired. I better find patience in there. When you are feeling like the money you have is not even enough, and then somebody brings a need, that will take you out of your way, give you certain inconveniences. But there is a fruit in there. There's an expression of the fruit in there, which is a willingness to help others. Amen? You see, if we practice paying attention to our hearts, like the Bible says we, do, we should, we'll find ourselves going inside a whole lot more. And then when we do this and we make it a habit, I'm going to round up in two minutes. We create an atmosphere that the Holy Spirit can work with so that from the little nudges to behave right to the little nudges to take advantage of an opportunity that may change your life, you'll be used to going in there for stuff. You know? Because, you know, there are many things that uh, we, that come across our way as women, challenges that come, things, financial challenges, business challenges, career challenges, challenges in the home. And sometimes we are looking for big solutions out there. Because when we look inside, it's all clogged up. We are not getting anything. And what I'm trying to tell you today it's so the person who spoke on nutrition talked about an alkaline atmosphere in the body being a healthy atmosphere in the body. The same way, an atmosphere in your spirit, where the fruit of the spirit can find free expression, it's a healthy atmosphere. You know, how can we look at our alkaline body can make the difference between you living an additional 20 years or not? Just based on the kind of atmosphere that's existing in your physical body. How can the atmosphere of your spirit that you consciously culture, it doesn't happen per, per chance. That's why the Bible says take heed. That's why God is telling us take heed, take, pay attention. An atmosphere, a healthy atmosphere in your heart that you consciously cultivate. How can it make a difference between living a better life 
and being the same next year as you had this year. Why don't we go on an adventure with the Holy Spirit and find out? Why don't you, we take the admonition that is given us this year and take it seriously and find out? Amen. Why don't we say, see how meekness, meekness talks about the power under control. It means, Amen. How many people understand Yoruba here? Or oh, did I not say it well again? Yes, did I say come out, go? It means, you know, also people are, if, not, if I was not a Christian, what I would do, eh? And then some people, in spite of the fact that they are a Christian, they will still do it, eh? It's power that's tempered. It could make a whole difference in our lives. So I leave us with this. I'm still, this isn't the last message I'm going to preach. I promise two minutes, I'm very sorry. I get only once a year with you. In fact, when I come for Supernatural, I sit down like every one of you. I don't preach. So this one time a year, let me keep you a little bit. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. But let's take this. It seems simple. But I found out with God, it's the simple things that lead to the bigger things and lead to the explosive things. Let's go ahead and rise up to our feet. And I want you to take a moment and just speak to God. You know, whatever part of that sermon just ministered to you. I want you to talk to God about it. Make some certain decisions here. Amen. And let's begin to pray. If there's anybody who doesn't mind the fact that I've dug my hand several times into these M&Ms. You can. <laughs> you can claim it to be the anointing. Amen. No germs in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just go ahead and lift up your hands to God, your maker. And just speak to him tonight. Say, Lord, all these things that I've made excuses I didn't have. I actually have them in there. And I just ask you to help me with the decluttering process. So that the joy, the peace, the patience, the long-suffering the meekness, the gentleness, the kindness, the love for others, so that all these things can flow out in the name of Jesus. Father, I open you up. I allow myself to be put on the operating table of the Spirit of God. And Lord, just walk in me. There are not things I need to put on from the outside. There are things that are in there that I just need to open up and express in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and speak to God. Go ahead and speak to him. Make sure you are saying something. Close your eyes and say something to him. Close your eyes and say something to him. Hallelujah. I open myself up to you. I open myself up to you. I let you do your will and your work in me. Hallelujah. So that you can do greater things through me. So that you can do greater things in me. In the name of Jesus. Please, I'll beg your indulgence. Let's just take a song real quick. I'll beg your indulgence where time is concerned. I'll, let's just sing the song a few times and then we'll go on. Oh, rebo jipra kasakla kia kotoroko sopledish didididididazekte. Choir, can you help me? Can the music team help me? Um, choose a song that's apt. Uh, that's not really my area of gifting in music accuracy. So just choose a song that's um, apt for the atmosphere and what the Holy Spirit is doing. Come on, speak to Him. God, I'm somebody who gives up too easily. I can think of so many things I've given up on already this year. Lord, help me. Lord, I'm somebody who flares up so quickly. Help me to be gentle. Help me for, to let that gentleness flow out of my spirit. It's in there. Oh, Lord, I'm somebody who can be so closed up, closed up to others and their needs. Father, help me in expressing love for others. Father, I'm somebody who finds it so easy to be it seems like being bloated being being filled with pride it's so natural with me but i realize it's not my natural self spiritual self lord help me to be 
my natural spiritual self, which is a humble person. Oh, if you don't have anything more to say in your understanding, go ahead and pray in the spirit. Oh, in Jesus name this word came to my spirit like this I am somebody who judges others so easily Lord help me The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00640.